0: Oh, oh, shine upon the darkness, oh, word of truth, shine bright. Abide with me forever, your law is my delight. Now, after hearing the king, they went their way. And behold, the star, which they had seen in the east, was going on before them until it came and stood over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And after coming into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell to the ground and worshipped him. Then, opening their treasures, they presented to him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, the Magi departed for their own country by another way. That was Matthew chapter 2, verses 9 through 12, and this is Theanamonee, where we seek to help the good man leave an inheritance to his children's children. This is Jeremy, the host of Theanamonee. This episode is dropping on December 23rd, 2022, also known as Christmas Adam. Why is it Christmas Adam? That is because December 24th is Christmas Eve and Adam came before Eve. So the 23rd is Christmas Adam. Yes, I know that December 24th is called Christmas Eve as in short for evening, but Christmas Adam is still fun as a joke. Building off of that, I recently called the 22nd Christmas Animals to my wife because God made the animals before he made Adam and Eve. Anyways, a lot of people talk about the commercialization of Christmas in our present day. This is at least true in the United States and likely for some of my international listeners as well. Shout out to you all. I know I have some listeners in South Africa, Canada, and many other nations. What people mean by the commercialization of Christmas is how much of it has just become about buying things for yourself or to give to others as gifts. In some cases, it even seems less about giving gifts to people out of kindness and generosity and more about how mad they will be for you, or at you, if you don't get them anything. Even in some Christian circles, let alone secular circles, the focus seems to have mostly been taken off of Jesus and what Christmas celebrates, namely the birth of the God-man, Christ Jesus, which regardless of your opinion on the Origins of Christmas and What Time of Year Jesus Was Born, that is the centuries-long tradition of Christmas. Instead, the focus of Christmas is more about acquiring more stuff, or going to family gatherings that you might not really want to go to, but more or less have to go to. If you think about Christ, or any person of the Trinity at all, It is not given much thought and is only because you went to a special Christmas service or heard an explicitly Christian Christmas song on the radio. Which is one good thing. Despite all of the commercialization of Christmas, even people who hate God still play at least the occasional explicitly Christian song about Jesus and the gospel. Interestingly though, Thanksgiving has managed to avoid the commercialization that Christmas and Easter have. Sure, there is some commercialization in trying to sell the food and decorations for Thanksgiving, and Black Friday is slowly swallowing Thanksgiving Day and the weekend following as well, and it sometimes feels like it's becoming Black November and December. It's like swallowing the entire months, both of them, not just Black Friday. But it has still kept a focus on giving thanks, even with modern American commercialization, to a degree that Christmas and Easter as well have struggled to. Thanksgiving is a Christian holiday because it is about giving thanks to God. Unbelievers try to twist it into giving thanks to their idol or, especially in the case of agnostics and atheists, Just the general idea and attitude of giving thanks. But that does not work too well. Do you give thanks to the great big nothingness when you're an atheist trying to pretend that giving thanks is important? Do you give thanks to the mindless process of evolution that never had you in mind because it is not sentient? Although atheists talk about evolution like it's some sentient god of the gaps theory because they have to have something intelligent so they just have a... Not intelligent, but yet still intelligent and personal force. I don't know. It's weird. It doesn't make sense. It does not make sense, and so Thanksgiving has kept its Christian ideas to a degree that other Christian holidays have not. Perhaps it has not received as much attack because it is not a holiday celebrating the birth of Christ or his death and resurrection like Christmas and Easter. And thus it was either not as important, or lower on the priority list. Whatever it is, this episode is about Christmas and giving gifts and the commercialization of Christmas, not Thanksgiving. Before we get into the meat of this episode, I just want to say a few quick things. One if you like The Money, subscribe to it on your favorite podcast catcher so you don't miss an episode. Tell your friends about it, follow Theana Money on social media, and check out the Bonfire site with a link in the description of these episodes to see if there are any cool Theonomy or other shirts you like on the Theonomony Bonfire site to pick up and wear around and show your appreciation for Theonamoney. So first, let's talk about the tradition of giving gifts at Christmas. Giving gifts at special times is nothing new to believers and God. All the way back in the Old Testament, we see giving gifts at Purim, the holiday created to celebrate how God saved the Jews through Esther and Mordecai. So it makes sense that at an important Christian holiday, giving gifts could easily become part of the tradition. But we also see gift giving in Christian history that, in some way, directly or indirectly, relates to Christmas. In the first dozen verses of Matthew 2, we read about the visit of the Magi. Now, unlike many Nativity sets, this was not the same night that Jesus was born. Herod and his attempt to destroy Jesus and the murder of the innocents had all the baby boys two years and under murdered. If the Magi had visited Jesus the night he was born, Herod may have only had those two months and under, or maybe a year and under to be safe. That's why I think that Joseph and Mary spent some time in Bethlehem after the birth of Jesus, and he was at least a year old when the Magi visited. And if Joseph owned land inside or in the region around Bethlehem, which he might have and would be a further reason why he and Mary had to register for the census in Bethlehem, not just because David, their distant ancestor, was from Bethlehem, then maybe they had a good reason to stay around Bethlehem for a while. Not to mention any in Nazareth who still doubted Mary's account of Jesus' conception and suspected sin was involved on her and Joseph's part. All of the information which while good is not very relevant to the topic at hand aside we all know of the three gifts that they gave to jesus the three gifts being why many people think there were three of them though all we know is there were at least two because the word is plural there may have been many more than three magi the magi after worshiping jesus which is why they are considered the first Gentile converts to Christ, gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. From the Magi, we see how a tradition of giving gifts at Christmas can easily develop. Though they were not there the night of his birth, although many by tradition would reject what I said above and about when they did visit Jesus and would point to Epiphany as when they arrived, not even two weeks after Christ's birth. But either shortly after or over a year later, the Magi were not there the night of Christ's birth. Despite this, when they did arrive, they were there to celebrate his birth and gave him gifts for the occasion whenever it was they arrived. Thus, giving gifts at the time we celebrate the birth of Christ Remembering the gifts that the first Gentile converts in the New Testament gave is a fine Christmas tradition. That doesn't mean that our gifts have to be as costly and extravagant as theirs were. I just had a baby, so I could barely afford to give ounces of silver to everyone to whom I give gifts this Christmas, let alone ounces of gold. But giving some sort of gift to others in memory of this Or perhaps giving an extra donation to a church or ministry, that way your gift is going to Christ in a more direct sense, does have a tradition here in the gift of the Magi. There is another tradition of gift giving in church history. This one is not as directly tied to the birth of Christ as the gifts of the Magi, but it is very tied with Christmas traditions today. That is the heretic puncher himself, Nicholas of Myra. And though Nicholas of Myra punching Arius memes are some of my favorites, they're up there with 7.8 out of 10 too much water memes for those of you who know about those really nerdy niche memes. Unfortunately, that is likely just a legend, and Nicholas of Myra might have not even been at Nicaea. And if he was, he probably did not punch or slap Arius. It is very disappointing, but nevertheless, I still appreciate those memes. And I've seen just about all of them. Whenever I see a new one, it's very exciting to see a new meme of Nicholas of Myra punching Arius. Many of you have likely heard the story of how Nicholas of Myra gave gold to three young women who were poor. If you haven't, then... Here it is. The story goes that a man was rich, but had fallen on hard times. He had three daughters, and this was during a time when dowries were essential for a woman for a woman to find a good husband, or any husband at all. Because he was now poor, he could not afford dowries for his daughters. Without dowries, they would likely be unable to find a husband and would thus end up living lives of slavery or even prostitution. Nicholas of Myra heard about this, and, being quite wealthy, stops by the man's house one night. He throws a bag of gold into the house through an open window. The bag of gold lands in a stocking near the fire to dry. When the family awoke in the morning, they were thrilled to see the blessing of God in the stocking and the money that was in it with the gold that was in that stocking that could be a dowry for the oldest daughter and as a result she was soon married nicholas saw how well that worked and soon repeated his secret generous deed allowing the second daughter to have a dowry and get married as well before long this process repeated itself again And all three daughters were married, thanks to the kindness and charity of Nicholas of Myra. As far as I know, none of these nights of secretly throwing gold into a house happened on Christmas, either in real history or legends, about Nicholas of Myra. So this story is not directly tied to Christmas. However, Nicholas of Myra is the inspiration of the Santa Claus legend. As the name Saint Nicholas has been translated, transliterated, or perhaps sometimes mangled from one language to another, it came to be Santa Claus in English, slurring the name Sinterklaas. That is how Nicholas of Myra and his gift-giving is related to Christmas. In fact, the concept of Christmas stockings comes from the gold landing in the young woman's stocking and that story about Nicholas of Myra. His giving gifts became the story of Santa Claus giving gifts on Christmas each year. So Santa Claus is dependent on Nicholas of Myra, making him a dependent clause, which means that Santa Claus needs an independent clause in order for him to make a complete sentence. So you can give gifts at Christmas, remembering the gifts that the Magi gave to Jesus after they worshipped him. Or you can give gifts at Christmas remembering the real Saint Nick, not a made-up legend about a fat dude with reindeer. Or you can give gifts at Christmas just because you want to, out of the love for others that God commands us to have. Whatever you do, don't let the gifts make you forget the giver of those gifts. That is what the people in the Gospels, who just wanted Jesus for his miracles, but not for him, did. That is just what they did. That was their grave mistake. The people in John 6, who followed after Jesus, even making a long walk around the Sea of Galilee, did not make that long trip to worship him and give him costly gifts, like the Magi had with their much longer journey, and said those people had just gotten a free meal from one of Jesus' miracles and they wanted to see what else they could get. They thought of Jesus more as a magical vending machine than as the Messiah and Savior. They focused on the gifts but forgot the giver of those gifts with a capital G because the giver is God, the second person of the Trinity, the God-man, Jesus Christ. To a certain extent, that is what the commercialization of Christmas is all about. Focusing on the gifts, the flashing lights, the get-togethers, but forgetting the incarnation of the God-man, the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ, without whom none of these holiday festivities would exist. So while some sellers who care nothing about God just use Christmas to make some more sales, make some extra money, and make their numbers for the year look a bit better to their shareholders, do not let that be all that Christmas is about. That does not mean if you sell something that people might want to buy as a Christmas present that you are wrong to try to make some extra money this time of year. Just do not turn Christmas into how much money you can make by the end of the year and forget about the birth of Christ. And also do not forget When thinking about Christmas, that Christmas points to Easter, the two are inseparable. If you are a Christian business owner, think of whatever you sell as trying to fight the commercialization of Christmas and trying to keep everything in its proper place. Now, if you say that, but act like all of the other unbelieving retailers, that does not count for much. That is like saying to a poor man, be warmed and filled, but not giving him food or clothing. I don't know what it looks like for your business to try to fight commercialization with what you are selling, but you can be creative with it. You can come up with different ideas, try different things, see what works and fits best. The Bronner's Christmas Store in Frankenmuth, Michigan, puts tracks in the boxes when you order online and have it shipped to you. Or at least it used to back in the day when I was in high school. My mom would order stuff from them. I'm not saying you have to do that, but just giving it as an idea and an example of what someone else is doing. All that to say, there is a tradition of giving gifts at Christmas. That is not wrong, but when we let the gifts replace and make us forget about the giver, it is wrong. But on the flip side, that does not mean that we have to never give a Christmas gift in order to make sure everyone remembers that Christmas is about Jesus. Do both. Focus on Christ and be generous to family, friends, and even ministries. And do not be afraid to keep doing family Christmas traditions, or even start new ones, Keep them with the right focus, but also make them fun. And they will be things your kids enjoy and remember fondly as adults, not things they hate and try to get out of every year. That was this week's episode of Theana Money. As we go, I want to remind everyone that the law of the Lord is perfect, sure, right, pure, clean, and true. So go apply that law in light of the gospel of Christ's atoning death and resurrection to every area of life. Grace and peace, friends, and Merry Christmas. All right, I have not done something like this before, but for those of you still listening, I want to try adding my first something extra and for fun after the outro. Gabe Hughes does something like this on his Friday Q and A episodes of When We Understand the Text. About every time Becky is on, so I guess that means I can too, even if this isn't bloopers like his are. I hope most of you caught my English joke about dependent clauses. If you didn't, let me say that line again. Santa Claus is dependent on Nicholas of Myra, making him a dependent clause, which means that Santa Claus. Needs an independent clause in order for him to make a complete sentence. I mentioned that line in a group chat with some other guys before recording this episode, and my father in law said, That's a nerd joke, language joke, and a dad joke, all wrapped up in one. And then pointed out his own pun where he said, All wrapped up in one. That's it. That's all I wanted to say.